Chapter Twenty Nine of Finn the Wolfhound by Alec John Dawson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Nine: Tragedy in the Mountain Den. When Warrigal's puppies were born, Finn, their father, had been in the Tinnaburra for nearly five months, though he had only known the Mount Desolation Range for some nine or ten weeks during the whole of that five months of late winter and spring not a single drop of rain had fallen in the tinnaburra and with the coming of warrigal's children there came also the approach of summer finn for his part gave no thought to this question of weather because he had quite forgotten that there was such a thing as rain it had not rained while he was in the city with the master after landing in australia the little that fell during the period of his imprisonment with the southern cross circus had never touched the caged giant wolf and he had entirely forgotten what falling rain felt like he had slept on the earth ever since his escape from the circus and he accepted its dryness as a natural and agreeable fact but both finn and warrigal were rather annoyed when just as the puppies began to open their eyes and become a little troublesome and curious the creek at the foot of mount desolation disappeared through its shingly bed and was seen no more this meant a tramp of three and a half miles to the nearest drinking-place a serious matter for a nursing mother whose tongue seemed always to be lolling thirstily from the side of her mouth warrigal would make the journey to the drinking-place as swiftly as she could and drink till she could drink no more then during the return journey concern for her children was set the pace for her and she would arrive at the den panting and gasping and more thirsty than when she left it for the weather was already hot the air singularly dry and warrigal herself in no condition for fast travelling with her heavy dugs and body both amply fed and amply drawn upon in her capacity of nurse-mother finn did his part well and thoroughly and there was no lack of good fresh meat in the den on the first spur but he could not carry water warrigal tried to slake her mother thirst by means of an extra heavy meat diet but though she knew it not this only aggravated her continual desire for water which was nature's demand for assistance in fitting her to discharge adequately her duty to her children and so during all this time finn's mate found herself obliged to run over hard parched ground at least fourteen miles a day and often twenty-one when it would have suited her and her puppies also a good deal better to have confined her exercise to strolls in the neighbourhood of the den one result of this was that warrigal's children began to eat meat at an earlier stage of their existence than would have been the case if water had been plentiful and near at hand for their mother there never were more carnivorous little creatures than these puppies at first of course their mother saw to it that the meat they consumed was of a ready masticated and even a half-digested sort but in an astonishing short while they began to rend and tear raw flesh for themselves under the mother's watchful eye and from that time on finn was a very busy hunter it was probably because of this unceasing demand for fresh meat in the den on the first spur that the leader of the mount desolation pack was the first member of it to notice that hunting was becoming increasingly difficult in that region finn's quest was necessarily for large meat 
and at about this time he was discovering to his cost that he had to go farther and farther afield to find it it was well enough for the bachelors and spinsters of the pack the freelancers of that clan the district was still rich in its supply of the lesser marsupials rats mice and the like not to mention all manner of grubs and insects and creeping things among which it was easy for a single dingo to satisfy his appetite but a giant wolfhound with a very hungry mate and four ravening little pups all waiting eagerly upon his hunting was quite differently situated finn's hunting took him one evening far enough south and by east to bring him within half a mile of the boundary rider's encampment in which he had lived with jess here he happened upon koala who was softly grumbling to himself while waddling from one tree to another koala of course began the usual plaint about his poverty and inoffensiveness this was mechanical with him and he must have known very well that finn would not hurt him as a matter of fact the wolfhound lay down beside the native bear and they had quite a long confab about bush affairs during which finn referred in some way to the growing scarcity of game in that district and koala mournfully added that gum leaves themselves were by no means what they had been but for all his foolishness and helplessness koala had lived a very long time and actually was very well versed in bush lore though he liked to describe himself as the most forlorn and helpless of beasts he knew all about the scarceness of big game and its causes just as he knew all about the dryness and want of sap in his own vegetable food and now by means of the methods of communication of which we know nothing he managed to convey some of his knowledge to finn so that when they separated finn connected the drying up of the mount desolation creek with the hardness of his recent hunting and the heat and absence of rain with both the ordinary season of rain had passed now and the full length of australian summer was before them a fact of which the learned koala said nothing probably because he did not know it or possibly because he did not greatly care being a total abstainer from drink himself it was at about this time that warrigal herself returned to the trails finn had in no sense failed her as breadwinner but game being scarce and her children still too young to do any foraging for themselves worth talking about warrigal felt that she owed it to her mate to share his burdens with him the pups had already reached the stage of grovelling about outside the den and pursuing the few live things of the insect type who affected that stony spot one of them indeed had already learned a lesson that would last him for the rest of his life regarding the habits customs and general undesirability of the bulldog ant as playmate or prey it happened about a week after his meeting with koala that finn had a stroke of luck in the matter of stumbling upon a badly wounded wallaby within a couple of miles of the den in some way this unfortunate creature had managed to get its right hind leg caught in a dingo trap to which a heavy clog of wood was attached in the course of time the wallaby would have died very miserably and already it had begun to lose flesh but finn brought a mercifully sudden death to the crippled creature and then proceeded to tear in sunder the limb which held the trap having accomplished this he slung the wallaby over his shoulder and set out for the mountain meaning to allow the family to feast upon this early kill 
while he took a further look round upon the trails just as finn heavily laden scaled the rocky ledge immediately below the one which flanked the entrance of the den a shrill cry of mortal anguish fell upon his ears and thrilled him to the very marrow the cry came from the inside of the den above him and he knew it for the cry of one of his children in extremity that gave finn the most piercing thrill of paternity he had felt up till this time he dropped his kill and leaped with one mighty bound clear over two boulders and a bare stretch of track to the ledge outside the den and in the moment of his leap a figure emerged from the mouth of the den bearing between its uncovered yellow tusks the body of warrigal's last-born son limp and bleeding this figure which faced finn now in the moonlight was the most terribly ugly one that the countryside could have produced gaunt beyond description ragged grey bereft of hair in many places aged and desperate old tasman the zebra wolf had his tusks sunk in warm juicy flesh for the first time in three months and was prepared to pay for the privilege with the remains of his life if need be skin bone glittering eyes and savage despairing ferocity that was all there was left of tasman three months after the death of his son lupus he had lived so long almost entirely upon insects grubs scraps of carrion dropped by birds and the like desperate hunger and the smell of young animal life and of the proceeds of daily kills had drawn him to the den on the first spur that night and now now he was face to face with the master of the range and the outraged father of warrigal's pups the gaunt old wolf dropped his prey on the instant realizing clearly that his life was at stake in his day he had slain many dingoes but that was in the distant past and this iron-gray monster which roared at him now was different from the dingoes tasman had known with massive bony skull held low and saliva dripping from his short powerful jaws the old wolf sent forth his most terrible snarl of challenge and defiance the cry which had been used in bygone years to paralyze his victims into a condition which made them easy prey for his tearing claws and lance-like tusks but the horrible sound was powerless so far as finn was concerned and the wolfhound gathered himself together now for the administration of punishment which should be as swift as it would be terrible and final but in that moment he heard a scattering of loose stones behind him which delayed his spring to allow time for a flying glance over his right shoulder and that glance changed his whole tactics in the matter of the attack upon tasman for even as finn glanced an outstretched furry mass flew across his range of vision and landed like a projectile upon the gaunt old wolf's neck warrigal also had returned she also had dropped her kill in the trail below the den and now tasman had to deal with the dauntless fury of a bereaved mother warrigal was a whirlwind of rage a revelation to finn of the fighting force which had given her her unquestioned standing in the pack before ever she had set eyes on the wolfhound tasman had his back against the side of the den's mouth now and he flung warrigal from him with a slash of his jaws and a twist of his still powerful neck 
but in the next moment the underside of that scrawny neck was between the mightiest jaws in the tenebura and even as the life-blood of old tasman flowed out between finn's white fangs the body of him was being literally torn in sunder by the furiously busy teeth and claws of warrigal it was little she cared for the thrusts of his hind claws in the last muscular contortions which sent his legs tearing at her neck she was possessed of the mother madness and so she fought like a wild cat at bay old tasman was not just killed he was dispersed scattered dissolved almost into the elements from which he sprang he was translated within a few minutes into a shapeless carrion and then gasping bleeding panting her jaws streaming warrigal wheeled about with a savage moaning cry and shot forward into the den one son she had seen dead upon the ledge without two daughters she found dead within and while she looked at his lacerated little body the lingering life ebbed out finally from the other male pup her sole remaining son but warrigal licked the still little form for almost an hour though it lived for no more than three or four minutes after she entered the den then warrigal went outside to where finn sat alternately licking the one deep wound the old wolf had scored in his chest and looking out dismally across the tenebura warrigal sat down on her haunches about two yards from finn and having pointed her muzzle at the moon where it sailed serenely above them in a flawless dark blue sky she began to pour out upon the night the sound of the long hoarse dingle howl of morning finn listened for some minutes without moving by that time the melancholy of it all had entered fairly into his soul and he too lifted up his head and delivered himself of the irish wolfhound howl which carries farther than the dingo howl and is more purely mournful than any other canine cry also it has more volume than any other there is something uncanny and supernatural about its piercing melancholy so the sire and the dam sat and howled at the stars in their unclouded courses and if you were to visit that den to-day on the first southeastern spur of mount desolation you would probably find the skeletons of three of finn's and warrigal's children for the wolfhound and his mate never entered their old home again End of chapter twenty nine